Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome this amazing Thursday morning, May 27, the torn dream coat. What to do when hope dies. I believe this is going to be a meaningful moment for each and every one of us, a selah, one of those divine pauses, a chance to reflect and see the goodness of God. And I see all of you already joining in. Thank you. Thank you. You, let's see, Bobby, you were the first that I saw this morning. And then I saw that MD 2021 devotees. I saw that, that lingo going, uh, you guys make this special. And uh, you make it enjoyable each and every morning, weekday morning, seven o'clock is when we get together live and then others throughout the day in different time zones or others who get to sleep in a little late. Hey, let's hear it for that. Amen. But don't lurk out in the shadows. Identify yourself. Join in with this family, this moment of accountability, this moment of starting the day off right. This began, this began when we started with prayer in August 2019, led to the book on prayer. And we believe, we believe that we are in the midst of an awakening. 1,000 received the baptism of the Spirit over the weekend. Come on, folks. This is our day. And this is the moment that we've been waiting for. And against the darkness and against the difficulty of our age, God is doing something great. That's why it's important to hold on to your dreams. Don't let somebody steal your dreams. The torn dream code. What to do when hope dies. So thank you, Diana, Jean. Thank you, Luanda, Terry, every one of you. Thank you for making this, making this a moment, a moment for each of us each weekday. Like, share, follow the page. Let's dive into this subject this morning. I, I, I had a difficult decision to make. You know, you have to know how I feel about the thoughts that God gives me. They're almost like my children. People ask me, what's the favorite thought? What's your favorite message? I have no clue because every one of them is special to me. I feel like they came from the Lord. And they were a gift for me to share. And, and, uh, but I woke up this morning and it's, it's a dilemma. It was a dilemma. I was on the horns of a dilemma. It was an either or. There are two thoughts on my morning, on my mind this morning, and I know a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, and so I knew I had to pick. I knew I couldn't tell you both, and so I wrestled with it for a while, and finally, finally, I just I came I came into a bartering session with these two thoughts, and I promised both of them that they would be presented one today, one tomorrow, and so I'm going to share with you the two thoughts that were. On my mind, I'll share one today, one tomorrow. Only way to come up with a peaceful resolution. I had to barter with these guys. And this is the one that won out for today. The torn drinko. What to do when hope dies. We've all been there. Can I get a witness? Roe, Kirk, Jose, we've all been there. All of us. When hope seems to die. The word drink coat. Um when I typed it in my word processing program, it said it's, I misspelled it. Well, the word dream coat came of age in Andrew Lloyd Webber's creation. Joseph 
and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat is the first public collaboration of Weber and Rice and based on the story of Joseph and the coat of many colors. And he used the phrase in the title, Dreamcoat, Dreamcoat, to not only describe the coat that Jacob gave his son Joseph, but the hope, the promise, the dreams of the people of faith. You see, Jacob was a dreamer. Granddaddy Abraham was a dreamer. And he saw in Joseph a dreamer too. Not a dreamer by night, but one of the most dangerous dreamers of them all, a dreamer by day, someone who can wrestle into the cold light of day, a promise given in the middle of the night, a song given in the night. And they say, it's going to happen. It's going to happen in my life. But there will come a moment when the dream is born and the dreamer goes missing and all hope seems to die. But the operative word here is seems. Things are not always as they appear. What you see, what you perceive, what you and I feel and think, it's not always real. If all visible things around us, the Bible says, is temporal, they are temporal, then there are some visible, invisible things that are truly lasting. And when the visible tells us hope is gone, the invisible has a different story. You see, faith operates in the realm of the unseen. That's the very definition of faith, substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Meaning that when our eyes see one thing, faith's eyes see another. We see a bloodied and torn dream coat, but faith sees a fulfillment of a promise. Hold on. Not to the false evidence, but to the substance of things hoped for. False evidence. You may recognize that because someone someone once came up with an acronym for fear. Yeah, I normally hate acronyms. I really do. But anyway, this is a good one. Fear, F-E-A-R. False evidence appearing real. When we grow afraid, we are clinging to false evidence. We are holding to an illusion, and we let dreams slip from our midst. So I'm here today, Matt, Bridget, Donna, Gina, Martha. I'm here today to resuscitate a fallen dream and to let hope be resurrected in our lives. Can I get a witness to that? I deal with Joseph's story in detail in my book, The Point of Low Points, lengthy story. Given more attention in the opening book of the Bible than the story of creation, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, why? God seems to want you and me to know that when hope dies, there's something that can happen. God wants us to know what to do when hope dies, because it did in Joseph's case, or it seemed to. And that's more important to God than our curiosity about creation, cosmos, geological plates, and dinosaurs. It's for you and me to learn from the Jesus of the Old Testament, Joseph, that when bad things happen and a dream coat gets torn and people say and do hurtful things and you and I are crushed and disappointed and broken, but the dream can still live and hope yet abides if we don't lose focus. You see, in Joseph's story, through the, through the inspiration of the enemy, some diabolical inspiration, 
Some boys made their brother disappear. It was an illusion, an elaborate illusion. The deception begins with hatred. Ten brothers of Joseph hated their little brother. He's a dreamer. They hated him for his dreams. And the dream that he would somehow exit caves of selfishness and blindness and would be different and atypical, that his life would count and matter. Yeah, the majority don't really like that. So Joseph's story is your story. It's my story. It's the abiding story of the ages for people of faith, that you are part of a dream, a dream that says love will abide and conquer and good ultimately will triumph over evil. Heaven wins the war. We shall see an awakening. There will be a great revival. You and I will triumph over adversity. Satan hates you as much as Joseph's brethren hated him. Joseph's brothers decide we've got an, we had enough of this dreamer. We're going to get rid of him. And notice contrast here. God offers dreams. Satan offers illusions. The illusion is found in Genesis 37. When the brothers brought the torn and bloodied dream coat to their father. They they said, we found this. Is this your son's coat? Jacob recognized the torn dream coat. His fear, not his faith, took over. It is my son's coat, he said. An evil beast hath devoured him, he surmised. Joseph is, and here's what he said, without doubt rent to pieces, torn up just like this coat. And Joseph tears his clothes in mourning. He refuses to be comforted. But the very next verse, verse 36 says, And the Midianites sold Joseph into Egypt under Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's and captain of the guard. Jacob, you fell prey to fear, false evidence appearing real. You said, without doubt, my son is torn to pieces. Without doubt. But Jacob, you were actually speaking doubt. You are voicing your fears. You're you're not holding a destroyed dream. You're holding a torn coat. It's false evidence appearing real because the wearer of that coat, the dreamer, is still alive. The dream coat, hear me carefully, may be torn, but the dreamer is always reborn. Yes, amen. So Don and Zane and Anna, Just remember this, that no dream is ever go, no good godly dream will ever go unchallenged. In the realm of human exploration, that's true. The discovery of a new world came at a tremendous price to explorers. The conquering of Everest was not, is not an easy feat. Landing a man on the moon, JFK's dream, didn't come easy. Gravity is a formidable foe. And in the realm of scientific advancement, no dream goes unchallenged. I think of that biography I read of a great polio researcher who died of yellow fever looking for a cure. Or of the opposition faced by Galileo, locked away for saying the sun is at the center of the solar system. The splitting of the atom, the mapping of the human genome, dreams, one and all. Dreams that will always go challenged. Fear, superstition, ignorance, formidable foes. Think of the struggles of people who gave themselves to great causes, 
whether it was Livingstone mapping a continent, Schweitzer with his respect for human dignity, the peacemakers who throw themselves on the lines against fanaticism, the benevolent warrior who daily fights for the right. There's some formidable foes out there because no good dream goes unchallenged. Joseph was a dream trafficker. He dreamed of the sheaves of grain bowing to him. He dreamed of the stars bowing. He interpreted a butler's dream, a baker's dream, two dreams of Pharaoh. And all of these dreams pointed to a single overriding dream, sparing God's people from destruction. Joseph fought for his dream. He fought against brothers' jealousy. He fought a woman's lies. He fought the internal sense of loneliness and rejection. He fought his own desire for vengeance or for understanding and explanation. His dream was challenged. No soldier goes untested. No believer goes untried. No saint of God is going to get to heaven untempered. The enemy will challenge what you believe and hold dear and all of your hopes. The day you dream of being a prayer warrior, your life and begins to show proof. Just get ready. You're about to be challenged. The day you dust off that home Bible study chart and say, I'm going to disciple some people, win and disciple, get ready. A dream is about to be challenged. The day you say, I'm going to step out, start a small group, lead a ministry, do something, get involved, get ready. Your dream is about to be challenged. The day you say, enemy, I'm believing God for my husband's salvation. Get ready. I'm, be- I'm, believing-, I'm believing for my child's salvation. Your dream is going to be challenged. Nothing worth having goes unchallenged. Grace is free, but to walk in grace is going to cost you a whole lot. Spirit baptism is free, but to live and walk in the spirit is very expensive. The first law of thermodynamics says energy can neither be created nor destroyed. The first law of dreamology, I just made up that word. The first law of dreamology is no good dream goes unchallenged. Oh, I like that. Michelle, I like that. Tammy Lawanda, I just like that. The first law of dreamology, your dream's going to be challenged. Like Joseph, I just believe you got a hold of a good thing. Keep at it. God's working on your half, uh, on behalf. Persevere. Endure. Don't give up now. Hold on. Oddly enough, oddly enough, during this season, 17 years, some scholars say, it was Jacob who suffered the most. Jacob was the only one who really believed in Joseph's dreams. The brothers didn't. When they protested, Jacob noted his son's dreams. He decided to protect the dreams. He wrapped it in a coat of many colors, a sign of royalty. It was a dream coat. But when his sons brought it back, bloodied and torn, Jacob had to face the hardest moment of his life. You see, the enemy will conjure illusions of of failure. I see Jacob clinging to that bloodied, torn coat. And his mind makes a leap. A wild beast has killed him. Yeah. Our mind makes that leap. You know, the only exercise. Do you remember this? Do you remember this? I'm going to date myself. Here we go. Do you remember this saying? The only exercise some people get is jumping to conclusions. (laughs) That's what the enemy wants us to do. That's what Jacob did. He jumped to a conclusion born of fear and not of faith. 
When he saw the torn, bloodied dream coat, he said, wild beasts have eaten him. Without a doubt, wild beasts have eaten him. Do you know in mythic and epic conquest, there always comes a moment when all hope seems gone. When the protagonist, the hero, has entered into the dark wood and evil seems to triumph and evil seems to conquer. This was one of those moments. In Jacob's mind, Joseph the dreamer was dead because he held a torn dream coat. But what he was holding to was a lie. Oh, it may have been a fact, but sometimes facts aren't the truth. There's some lies wrapped up there. The enemy is saying something. The enemy is saying your hope is gone. The enemy conjures an illusion of failure and gives you tokens to convince you. He points at your sickness and said, God doesn't heal. See, you're sick. He points at your lost child and says, God doesn't really love you. God doesn't care about you. He keeps you up at night trying to balance a, a bank statement and a checkbook. And God whispers, you see, God doesn't. Or the enemy whispers, God doesn't provide. He points out your mistakes and shortcomings and says, how can God love you? He's the grand illusionist. With a bit of disappointment and, and just a little discouragement, he weaves a lie. And he fashions, he fashions a picture of divine nonchalance. It's a failure, but it's an illusion. He's a liar. He's the father of all lies. Jacob screamed, Joseph is dead. Without a doubt, he's dead. It's a moment when Jacob believed God had failed him, that his dream had died, that the promise was over and it was bleak. How bad was Jacob's despair? That was in Genesis 37. We read that he continued to mourn and said he would do so until the day he died. In Genesis 44, many, many years later, when the brothers were confronted with the very much alive Joseph, they admitted their father was a shell of a man, a walking dead man, that he had never been the same since he believed his hope had died. I'm talking to somebody today. Maybe you've drunk the enemy's Kool-Aid. You believed a lie. You believed an illusion. You've laid down. You quit trying because you believe what the enemy dangled in front of you as fact. Be comforted to know you're not the only one that's ever done that. But be challenged to know that you don't have to stay there. You can rise up. Because no matter what the enemy tells you, it's a lie. The truth is not in him. If he says you're going down, you're coming up. If he whispers to you, you are defeated, then you're really winning. If he says God doesn't care, then get ready for the greatest blessing that you have ever had from heaven. Jacob, if you could have only read the next verse, while you were weeping over Joseph's death, we read that Joseph was alive and en route to Egypt. Faith says, I do not believe what I see. I see what I believe. And what I believe today, I shall see tomorrow. And what I can grasp by faith today, I'm going to hold in my hands tomorrow. Because faith rejects the seen unreal for the unseen real. That's complicated. Faith, the seen is unreal. The unseen is real. And faith says, I'm going to believe for what I can't see, but what I can hope for.
Satan wants you to focus on him, but faith is the ability to focus on Jesus. Satan tries to get your mind off God and on your circumstances, tries to lure you away from God's word. Jesus said Satan is like the fowl of the air that snatches up the good seed of God's word. He wants to blind you with obfuscations, his facades, mirages. Well, that's way too big a word to use before I've had coffee this morning. Obfuscations. Come on now. Come on. That doesn't. Joy, Tyson, that doesn't. That's not right. Brenda, that's not right. But Paul said, don't you be deceived. The unrighteous are not going to inherit the kingdom of God, but the righteous shall. He, enemy wants to crush your faith, destroy your dreams, root up your godly desires. Do you, do you remember using those magnifying glasses as kids? If you focused on an object, the periphery became hazy and blurry. Faith focuses on its author and finisher. When you focus on Jesus, everything else gets blurry. How do you know if you're focusing on the wrong thing? The answer is in that old song. You remember that old song we sang? Oh, soul, are you weary and trouble? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and, and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. If you focus on anything other than God, your faith is going to dwindle. But if you will focus on him, I'm talking to a lot of saved people, but some of us saved people need our faith saved, our faith and our hope. They need to be born again. We need to believe again, hope again, try again. How, how was Jacob made to believe again? Holding on to that dream coat, that relic of what might have been and what could have been. What would happen? Years later, here's how Joseph knew to communicate to his dad. He said, brothers, go home. Tell daddy I'm alive. He won't believe you. So fixed is the unbelief. But behind you, I'm going to be sending wagons and wagons and wagons filled with the blessings of this land because I'm about to bless him and I'm going to send my goodness to him and he will hope again and he will believe again. And he'll let go of that torn dream coat and realize the dream has been fulfilled. I want to ask you something today. Hey, MD family, Ginger, Cindy, Glenn, I want to ask you, have you been deceived by the grand illusionist? Have you bought into his lies? Are you clinging to yesterday's hope and saying that's all she wrote? Have you sold yourself short again and again and again and again? The righteous may fall seven times, but he gets up again. And I think that's the answer. Jacob, get up. The enemy knocked you down. The grand illusionist deceived you. But lay aside that torn dream coat because the dream is still intact. The dream still lives. Let hope be reborn in your life. Let there be a resurrection.
Oh, praise God. I'm just believing for a resurrection for somebody, Susan, Deborah. I'm believing that God is going to do something special for each and every one of you. I believe it. I claim it. It could be 17 years, just like it was with Jacob holding on to that dream coat before he realized the dreamer still lives. God did not fail me. God was at work all of the time. I'm going to say this and I'm over and out. Please start leaving your prayer requests. By the way, please pray. Please, please pray for uh, Vince uh, Cade. Also pray for Patty Paxton, several others. Just leave some needs out to the side. Pray for those poor folks suffering in San Jose and elsewhere around the world. But I'm just going to say this and then it's kind of over and out for me and and uh, but I believe this with all of my heart. Could it be? Could it be that this is the day that the flat line of your hope, the flat line of your dream returns to normal rhythm and something comes back alive again? I'm claiming that. I'm just believing that with you. I just believe that God has got something good in store for each and every one of you today. May he bless you. May he be with you. Share this, share this, subscribe to it, like the page. You know the drill. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. This week is going by way too fast. So I will share with you the second thought tomorrow. And it's a good one. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.